everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with none other than the Sklar brothers, Jason and Randy. Hello and welcome back. Thank you. Hi. It's good to be back. You. It's yes. Good to be back. To the audience. Thank you. It was uh, September 11th, 2012, the last time you guys Let's did never my forget show. September 11th, we never forget September 11th, the time we did our podcast. I know. When two twins fell. Yep. <laughs> September 11th, 2012. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't even laugh at that. No. Well, you can well, laugh. If we can't laugh at it, what are we doing? That's Who are right. we? Who are we as people? If we can't laugh If we can't at sit down during the national anthem as a San Francisco 49er, who are we as people? That's a big thing. Huge issue. I was just reading up on, uh, Colin, on Colin Kaepernick because I'm like, you guys are sports guys. Uh-huh. I know. That's Did we bigger, squat about sports? That's a bigger issue, Allison, than, than all sports. It's more than sports. It is. We are coming to a point in time where it is increasingly more difficult to have a nuanced argument about anything. Yes. If you sit for what is he doing is my question. Okay. If you sit, he is doing a quiet, peaceful protest Mm -hmm. over something that he believes is an injustice. Forget about how much money he makes. Forget about the life that he was Oh, by the way, are we going to attack the guy who's doing like shots during the the national anthem? Because I've definitely been in NFL stadiums and watched people like slam beers during the national anthem. Let's do it. Let's attack that guy. Fuck him. Who is that? What what statement is that guy making? How about the guy who sings the national anthem on camera and screws up the words? I mean, does that guy hate well, That America? guy clearly doesn't support the troops. No, but right. I mean, like, my point is there's something that's bothering him about the side. It bothers me. It bothers me in the same way. I mean, I wouldn't choose to do that, but by the same token, I feel like everybody who's mad at this guy should be like, what a great country that we have that this guy... Yeah, can do this. Can do it. Yeah. Well, so is the issue that he stands for more than just himself and he shouldn't, and so he has to represent The issue is that he's been pretty people? shitty on the field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrible And if he was better, then no one would be talking about this. No, I think the issue is that he is, there, there should be no issue. He's just come out and say, look, I'm really- By the way, he sat, sat, and then he didn't make a statement. Reporters asked him what was well, up. With why him. did right. they saw it from up above? And they're like, he why was were you prepared to there? just silently sit and do his thing and not even make and people ask him. And he said the re- he said the why are we sitting? And then he didn't shy away from it. He was honest. He said the reason I'm sitting down is because I believe it's hard for me to believe in this. This flag represents the country to me. It's hard for me to believe in a country that you know would treat its black people in the in the wake of everything that's gone on and the injustices that have happened to black people I'm, i don't even know what he's talking about i mean as a white jew <laughs> there's no way you can let us explain <laughs> it to you uh no but that he's you know that that's what he is by the way you don't even have to agree with him you can you can also be like you respect his right to have well, his I've own heard, opinion right and there's been pe- there have been so many people who've come out and they're like Tony Stewart why don't you go take after. a ride along with a cop who makes thirty to forty thousand dollars a year and then come back to me and tell me if you're going to sit down during the thing in the oh, inner cities fuck are that guy. and I'm like well he didn't say all cops were bad that wasn't what he said he, he didn't just say, said we need to make a change which who there are lots of people calling for that and to me I think this country is amazing because you're allowed to demonstrate like that and look at what we're talking about mm-hmm. would you ever be talking about like what a football player did as in a i already wish i weren't exactly. i know <laughs> and so does all of your but listeners is there so you know what though for so no i have i do have some listeners who are into sports and probably don't feel like their sports itch gets scratched and we're, we're scratching uh, yeah right so now, people. you guys are gonna need some we don't kind need of to no we, we don't we can talk about it and we, we really don't i just let to. me ask this one question sure. though, and then we move on sure. to other stuff 
Is there something in sports that says you, this is not the time for your personal political opinion? No, that is an argument people are making. Because, okay, so I do two versions of a show. There's the Monday show, which is the one that you guys are on, which is my one-on-one or Mm -hmm. one-on-two. And then the Thursday show, which is a panel. And my friend Jenna is on the show. Mm -hmm. She grew up in um, Korea. Her father is like... Like I want to say the Mark Garagos of Korea, but mm. probably even more famous than that. He's mm. very famous there. And he represented a Korean Olympian who got a medal and then the what I what is IOC. it? IOC. The IOC stripped his medal because he like wore the flag backwards, which was some political statement or something. Mm. And they're like, You're mm. not allowed to, to make political statements here. Mm-hmm. So Jenna's father though was able to get him his medal back and so he's a hero. That's but great. that just made me I know with the Olympics, you're not supposed to use that time to make a political statement. Does that extend to like all of sports? I mean, that's like the IOC of all places. Of all people to shake a finger at somebody, the IOC <laughs> right. is like the most Like corrupt. a board of criminals, people who take bribes, who take all kinds of money to like pay for their kids' college education, who don't care about like destroying and raping the cities that they come yeah. to. Yeah. I- I'm going to take my moral advice from these <laughs> slap on the wrist from that. Yeah. So, I mean, but people. there is nothing that's, you can do whatever you want to me. You can do whatever you want. I mean, it's sort of like, it's also like, it's like someone getting mad at people for being gay in their own house. It's like, why do you care? Right. Why do you care? Like I, I look at anyone and, and, and uh, we have kids. Once you have little kids, I, my, I look at anyone with enough energy to be worried about people who aren't them. And I'm like, <laughs> How do you have that energy? I'm yeah, like, aren't my tr- kids making you tired? Like, <laughs> unbelievable can't you, amount. Can't of- you just worry about yourself? Like, why do you have to care about what somebody else does? Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, and, and again, the, right. the silent. He didn't walk into a police precinct and start shooting it up because he felt that way. He didn't, or even like vandalize or defame anything with mm. his stuff. He didn't go on to Twitter and like just rip every single. No, he's right. just. It was the absence of an action. That's right. And to me, so I think, passive. again, there's, you know, who used to do that. And this is his, his name has been invoked a few times. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali stood up for something that it, and a lot of people didn't like it. I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick is Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali was the greatest boxer of all time. But we're saying it's there's been a precedent for this before where someone stepped up and knowing that, look, their life, their career, those things would be in jeopardy. And now and they this, are. He, this mean, guy's are. career is in jeopardy. This guy like so he may not play in the NFL ever again. He might get dropped and no team is going to pick him up because they don't want. Is at that this, just fear? It's fear that like your fan base is going to create a whole thing. Like that's why guys, there was a gay player, uh, the first openly gay player, Michael Sam, who played for the University of Missouri mm-hmm. Tigers. And then he was going to play oh, for I the remember. St. Louis Rams. He kissed the his kissed boyfriend, his boyfriend, boyfriend when he got drafted. When he got yeah. drafted, and everyone's like, "That's going to divide the locker room." But <laughs> no team would take him because they're like, "We don't need this." They're like, "It's hard enough to get people it's in here. It's better for us to just have our closeted gay players on our locker room than to have an open <laughs> than to have an openly gay player." Because so, like, it's a law of averages. There are gay players yeah. in the NFL. There are. There just are. So you know you. Won't, that's what you're saying. I choose to have people who are closeting it. Just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Oh, one more. Okay, one more question. Then we move away from sports. Oh, sure. um, I used to do stuff in the realm of morning news, mm-hmm. and what I discovered from working in that world, even though it was in New York, is that it is they are so socially conservative. Actually, they they drink a lot and uh, 
and are very gropy at Christmas parties. So athletes or no morning news. No morning news. The oh, morning, yeah. but I mean, like in general, their sort of aesthetics are like very middle of the road, mm-hmm. straight laced. Like oh golly gosh, like uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A little back behind the times, I would sure. say. Um, and maybe that's actually who's watching morning news these days. Anyway, would you say sports in general is a little behind sports the times? Is like very so backwards, jingoistic. Like, don't you tread on my flag? And these this colors is, don't run. I remember in sports a lot of times it's about nostalgia. If you mm. want to like get into the make America great again. It's them looking back and being like, I remember when the NFL was, wasn't was full of a bunch of thugs and this and that and people oh, with God. their opinion. I remember a time when it was all, oh, you mean, you mean the time that it was all white? Like, what are you remembering? You know what I mean? Like, what do you well, remember? that's like when people are, when people talk about how great the 50s were. Great for who? Yeah, that's it. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's this return to, I mean, I was listening to a little too much 80s music and I was like, oh my God, do I want to make America great again? Yes, <laughs> you do. Because I just listened, I went on an 80s jag right there and I was like, never surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do think that there is this, this sort of like, head up, you know, there is like an aggression that lives in sports. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people like Randy and I who uh, I think are open-minded people who also happen to just love sports. I mean, I think sports is the last bastion of civic pride also. Like, no one is ever like, my city's better than your city because we have better roads. <laughs> They're like, we're we, be- we, we have-, have more green spaces. We have a better mayor. We have a uh, park. Yeah, we have better parks. No, we our museums could kick your museum's asses. <laughs> no, but seriously, there is a museum in St. Louis that could kick your ass. No, uh, but there is this feeling of like well that's these guys go out and represent philadelphia these guys go out and represent cleveland i mean the the joy that the cleveland cavaliers victory and lebron's victory brought to the city of cleveland and people who spent their whole lives just being know, like we're losers everybody calls losers because we never won anything now you can't call and cleveland they win, a loser and then they, they feel win. better about themselves and there's this thing that there's this it's this wonderful city. like Sort of. This is why we love it. This is a wonderful mm. smoke and mirrors thing. That's like a a bit of a bait and switch, or, or or a bit of a just a trick that your mind plays on you, where you're like, God, this this is life and death. This game means so much. Sports makes you think it's high stakes when it's really the lowest stakes in the world. I have never really experienced any of that, and I've also never experienced the civic pride thing. I wish I had. Like, it sounds fun. It's just I'm sort of immune to it. Are but you, you either. I think you either feel it or you don't. I yeah. think it's a very like it's a very it's so can much I, like music or like anything. Yes, it's can like, I say this? It's like we were just in uh, in Phoenix doing shows at Stand Up Live. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a phenomenal club downtown. Just amazing. I, I did a bunch of shows in Phoenix. Do? I can't remember if it was at Stand Up Live. You it probably may did have the been. Tempe Improv or Stand Up. Stand Up Live's it downtown. W- it's this beautiful club, giant, like six hundred seats. Yes, in and like a mall. Yes, type yes. yeah. There's, there's a, a CBS. copper blues. Yes. CBS. Yes, yes. Right yes. I've been there. It Napoleon. is very nice. Yeah. Gorgeous club. And we we're just. Doing I never the show. forget a CBS. I know. I mean, there's not a CVS that you haven't met that you haven't loved. That's true. Because uh, you love your lotions and stuff. I let's do. Be honest. Uh, so she do, no, she do love her lotions. She do be loving lotions. <laughs> um, no, but the, the the feeling of a whole room full or a room full of people or 300, 400 people mm. collectively laughing at something. In this day and age where we are on our phones and we are looking right, down and separate. we are much more in this sort of singular world with the headphones on and just not talking to each other, to me is a super cool thing. And that to me is something that's being lost. And I think 
everybody cheering for one event that one person working really hard on the field to do something to also or on a court or something is is also super fun and cool and exhilarating it's like almost like the power of what a collective audience can do right and it interconnects us in ways that we don't get connected through our phones and stuff. well i find going to a musical <laughs> to be something that transports me and makes me feel Hell yes. people and i can't think Definitely. of something that could be more opposite of a sporting event but it is that communal experience oh, i think it's the communal experience all the way my kids oh my god my daughters they're nine and eleven we did it to commemorate what happened all sure. those years ago oh, i think that's right. <laughs> um they wow. are how yeah. are you going to keep them that age yeah, that's going to be the that's the trick um no they are my daughter my 11 year old who's like was in like a couple of musicals and stuff and they're they are they have found and they love Hamilton, like nobody's business. They're learning every word. They're the only ones in America who've made that. They are. (laughs) I hope people catch on. They are. And you know, it's a shame that that musical will never really catch on and be as big as it could be. But they are in, and I love it. Like these two little white girls and, and I just love it. I mean, yes, it goes every which way and everybody loves the musical, but I, you really can understand how wonderful and powerful and beautiful it is. This is the interconnectedness. Mm Because these guys don't have, they don't have a deep, extensive knowledge of rap music. They don't have a deep, extensive knowledge of musicals. They don't have or history they, or history that that understands and encompasses everything. They just love it. Mm-hmm. They love the information. They love how it's presented. They think it's really catchy. They've learned everything, so it's easy to learn, even though it's super complicated and a ton of words. And you're like. Yeah, this is amazing that you guys can feel this way about it. And I'm sure there are, you know, Puerto Ricans in New York City that are just like, this is my, this is my life. This is my thing here and historians and everybody. So it's just amazing that can, that to me is really cool. And that's how, what you just described, the fact that musicals can do that as well. Right. Have you guys seen Hamilton? Have not yet. No, I haven't either. My husband has also, like your daughters, (laughs) gotten into the soundtrack and knows all the, and ordered a book called The Hamilton. Yes. Uh, I know snippets of so many songs. I, I need to. I need to start. It is. That. It is. It's so good. I mean, it's like part of me is I listen to them doing it. I'm like, I'm sure someone was like, you got to do this for every historical event. Like they're approaching <laughs> right. uh, Lin Manuel and being like, you got to do this for every historical person and every st-. like. I can't right. wait for you to do. But Bay, of, Bay of Pigs, the musical. If history was taught like that, kids would learn it like that. Yes. They would learn it. That which was the which thing. is a tiny way of saying maybe we need to overhaul our educational mm-hmm. system or at least find new ways to connect with children don't just say you got to come to our side and figure it out say we're going to come to you with something cool obviously but that takes a lot of work that takes and energy the education and a system person. is yeah. not no one's yeah. getting paid no, no 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 so randy you have daughters who are nine and eleven mm-hmm. and jason what do you have i have a daughter who's two and a half and a son who's seven and a half okay so almost eight and almost three now i am someone who is uh, pregnant with a baby boy. Mm-hmm. What has your experience of daughter versus son been? I it's, mean, it's separated us. It's in a very really different really? way. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 made our experiences so different. Yes, we were both raising children, but like his experience with his son is uniquely different than boys mine. are a lot of. I mean, my son in particular. I can't say about all boys, but are a lot take a lot of energy, take a lot of physical energy, mm. and just it just takes a lot of energy from the second the day starts to the day to the when it ends. It's a lot of energy. At least it is in my house. My daughter is more. How much able do you, to you want your son to be gay? I mean. Let's be honest, straight up. No, 
Unless he wants to be. Unless right. he wants to no, be. No, unless he just is. But I mean, it's... I don't want him to be gay. I want him to be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if Actually, he was a gay... If you had a gay son, you okay. would, you'd be so stoked. I, mean, I think I'd rather have a gay son now when people are coming around and it's more okay sure. than in back LA, then. If you have a gay yeah, son in LA, that's you, like... You, but here's the... Whatever well, you have, it, it's, it is, it is as everybody says, the hardest thing in the world. Because, you have, because nothing you've ever done before it is remotely like it or or to the extent of what it is. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like someone saying you've only run like two miles at a time. Like you've only ever run two miles at a time. And then someone saying now you have to run a marathon every single day. I mean, it's almost not every single day, but there is that You're much. You're scaring the shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it Although is, it is the most amazing. But it is like else. it is like you the same way you feel like a feeling of accomplishment after you complete a marathon. You feel like, every single day that you well, keep you're your like child an, alive. By yeah. the way, your your whole being is like you're like an electric car, uh-huh. and your kids are constantly taking your battery down to nothing. <laughs> However, you can be like I was walking my kid to school today, my youngest daughter to school today, because now my kids are in different schools. Mm-hmm. One's in middle school. Just she insane. just took her to middle school. I just took her to middle school and oh, I dropped wow. her off. It was like, I mean, I've been to the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul and that shit was more organized than what <laughs> I just dropped my daughter off to. It was like public school, 2,100 kids, oh, geez. thousands of people, parents and everybody there just smashed up against the walls trying to find it. Was, they, they could not have done it in a less organized, worse way and provided less people to be like, hey, you should probably go this way. It just was done completely wrong. My daughter, fear in her eyes, like she's being smashed up against the wall. And she's like, I see my name, but I don't know what it means. I'm like, I don't know what it means either. <laughs> it was like I dropped her off on Ellis Island. I was like, you better learn how to sew. Have a good life. Good luck. Push that apple cart. Stay but uh, but she's uh, she honestly, uh, I'm super impressed with how she's like finding her way. But my point being, to get back to the battery, is that. I was walking my nine-year-old, who is less of a student than the 11-year-old. It's like way more work to get her to, to kind of do things and read and all that other stuff. It's just, she's just a different person. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how different two, you know, two yes. people who you created with your own DNA can come out. So she's just a lot more different. And so we have to push her more and we have to do different things with her. And as we were walking the dog and walking her to school today, and we just went through her like multiplications of seven, mm-hmm. just because she's like, I have to learn this. And, you know, I went through the whole thing with her and she got it and she totally did it. And we're standing on the corner and she's just standing there and she's really cute and she's standing there and like the sun is kind of hitting her. And I just put my hand on like the back of her head and I drew her into me and hugged her for like, it was like two seconds of of just like I was that whole walk and then what she did and I know how hard it was not how hard but what a movement it was for her to actually do that with me the whole time mm-hmm. and she was in such good spirits and then Aww. she sat there and I was like that was enough to take the battery which had been totally taken down by all the other bullshit that filled me all the way back up Aww. so that's my point is that like you can be filled all the way back in up a very second easily. Yes. right yes yes you can have let's like being in a casino in vegas too it's like you can have a horrible horrible time all day and then you win once and you're like oh i'm, in I'm this. back i'm back i'm back baby, baby. i'm in I'm, i would I'm a good parent again argue show business is very much like that show business is a lot like that and it is uh, yeah, yeah you're curating sure this career is like is like raising you know you're taking care because of so your career is unpredictable it's irrational it and one win to, and you're like i'm back i'm back yeah one <laughs> tiny that it's funny because we do that too like three things can go wrong a show that we did could not get picked up and that's you know the revenue that that would have been and you mm-hmm. understand what that is 
and you're just feeling terrible, like, okay, maybe this isn't what we need to do. And maybe we need to find another career. And you're just like, ah, you know, you're, you're yeah. staring into the abyss that is, what am I going to do next? And then we can go up and have one set of comedy that goes really well. Live set that means nothing. And you're like, we're back, baby. <laughs> we're back. We belong doing, or more importantly, we belong doing yeah, It reaffirms your faith that like, right. okay, we're on the path and we shouldn't be, do, we just got stumbled. But Do yeah. you occasionally wonder if you should be doing this? And let me just ask this. I'm surprised I didn't ask this last time. Um, for the listener at home who's like, you guys sound the same. Is there a way vocally to tell the difference between Jason and Randy? I think your voice is a little lower. No, that is Jason know. saying that, that. No, I think your voice is. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, there are different differences, but I couldn't describe it for you. Okay. I think Jay's voice might be a little more nasally. True. That is true. All right, so. listeners, I tried to help you out. So Jay yeah, do you, nasal. Jason. Do we ever? Do, and do we do, ever think about? Do we ever think that this is the wrong thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of I course. I, and I almost, if you don't have those thoughts in this field uh, that we're in. I can't almost can't relate to you. <laughs> it's like people who people uh, who are just successful from the get go all the way through. It's like God bless you. I'm happy for you. That's right. great. But all in all honesty, we cannot connect on a core level because what we have chosen to do is so it is such a reach and such a stretch and so filled with rejection and mm-hmm. hardship mixed in with some amazing moments. Like you said, it's like parenting, but it's like mixed in with some amazing moments. But if you don't have a moment regularly where you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. What? Why did I choose to do this? I could have done something else that would have been so much less pressure. Why do I, why am I throwing myself into the fire every single day? Or it gets me sometimes when I'm like, oh, I got to tweet this thing. I got, you know, there's live events coming up and we got to sit around and do it. I'm like, why can't I just sit and the having to and, promote hustle or, thing or promote or there's an event like the Oscars or the Emmys or the AVNs. Oh, right. I, I was I live tweeted the AVNs. Actually, a <laughs> eight re- months after it eight actually after was it actually on. the the AVNs. I started seeing our Twitter feed from my house and I'm like, this isn't happening right now. So <laughs> I was like the, doing so a rerun tweets. of the porn awards, mm. the AVN awards. I started to just live tweet a rerun of it. Um, they had a category for best acting. Who knew? Which to me is like having an Oscar for best anal. (laughs) But uh, Meryl Streep again. Again. She's unreal. She streeped the hell out of it. She just got streeped. Streeping should be a term for it. Streeping should be a term. That's like when you fuck someone so hard, like the the sheets come off the bed. What I was going to say is her butthole is so understated. Have you noticed? Well, her butthole. Not loud, not splashy, but really like. It's just small, but intense. It's (laughs) And that's what I love about her is that she keeps it small. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she does so much with so little right right less it's, is more when it comes to her butthole <laughs> she lets it do the talking for her right yeah. um and it does accents so does. you her french butthole is ridiculous so sometimes you feel like why must i tweet the avn awards eight months after they or, i mean that was just fun and that was just me going on a strand and just kind of enjoying it and doing it but like there, there are, are moments times. there there are also moments where i'm like i need to shut my brain off Mm -hmm. from worrying about the and when we're in a job and we're in a thing then i'm like i can relax i can separate i'm like all right i did a lot of good work on the show that we're working on and a big thing that we're in and it's bringing money in for our family and on for our life then but if you're hustling for it and chasing for it it's hard to 
at the end of a day or for a weekend or whatnot, a give yourself a break and be like, just, just, just turn it off. Mm-hmm. So we have to get better at and still haven't figured it out. We've been in this business for 20 years and I know I personally have to get better at like just turning that shit off and like at the end of the day, just being like, all right, just there's nothing I can do. I'm going to watch right. the night of and just, just be happy that I'm not a Muslim. I I just Who? recently got into the night of. Mm. Hang on mm, one mm, second. Mm. If we're going to talk about television. TV time. 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 What time is it? It's TV time. Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah. They just now, in case you, yeah, sorry. If now, not enough tuba. I love your dog so much; it's ridiculous. Oh, thank you. Her name is Wendy. Is it weird that I want to have sex with her? <laughs> no, no, okay. I I feel that all the time. She's yeah, not, all right. Sorry. So, um, cool. she inspires a, a passion that if crosses ha- normal human dog platonic boundaries. Right, you exactly. answer is yes yeah. to that. You could see yourself doing it. Right, never have. No, but just but, you could see it. So you, you start getting it. in the night of. I feel like as long as my tongue doesn't enter her mouth, yeah, other we're okay. Say her butthole. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> it's her face that I'm into. I know. That's where all the cuteness is. Okay, so the night of. What did you say? I want to bang that cuteness out. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of so cute well, where you have to grit your teeth. You almost can't open your mouth. You're like, oh, oh, I know. Yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. So now, what are you going to say about the, the night, night of? No spoilers. Yeah. No. But I just got into it after finishing Stranger Things. Did you guys? Was, was that your path too? Path too. I just yes, finished Stranger I Things. I did it too. Now I'm watching Night of. I just I finished Stranger Things and I felt an emptiness. Mm-hmm. And that could only be filled, filled with the night of. Yeah. I guess that's what people recommended. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but it's um, very different. But very it's... yeah, I'm on episode three or four. Oh, good. Have you met the uh, the public defender or not the public defender, but the prosecutor? That woman. Yes. Oh, she's amazing. Um, Totoro is just incredible. It's like Totoro's so good that I now have eczema on my feet. I'm not kidding you. I'm, <laughs> I I'm put Crisco my and Saran yeah. wrap on them just as for I good was, measure. As I've watched the whole thing. My wife and I finished it up like two nights ago. And as I was getting into bed last night, and we had just done uh, Doug Benson getting Doug with high, so I was you Stone. can understand where I was at. And I just got into bed last night at like I don't know twelve thirty, knowing full well that I have to be up at like six thirty, doing tons of stuff like making breakfast, making lunch, get everyone dressed, get everybody out of the house. And I'm getting into bed with all that on my mind. And I was like, <laughs> as I'm getting to bed, I'm like, fucking chopstick. He's scratching himself mm-hmm. with a chopstick. I'm like, that's just, I love it. I was like, what a wonderful choice and what a great thing. And I was just like, I love it. It's amazing. Chopstick. So you've seen the whole episode, the whole series. Yes, all eight. So you, oh, there's only eight? Yeah. What's up with these only eights? The last one is is like almost two hours, so you could say nine, but you know. So I should stick with it, you'd say. Oh my god, it's satisfying. Yes. Oh my oh, god, yes. Okay. I mean, it is. Stick with it, whether or not it fully satisfies you or not. That's up to the person, but I think stick with it just for its beauty in storytelling and how it's done, and it's just it's getting dark and unpleasant. That's what it's supposed to make you feel. Yeah, okay. And good, you don't great. know what's going on. It's and you, weird that I miss. The fun of Stranger Things, because I was so afraid to yeah, watch the that. The fun of a woman being taken from a pool and, you know, yes. Right. <laughs> Destroyed. Destroyed. 
or taken to the other side. Oh, spoilers. spoilers. I, yeah, I didn't know who you meant for a second, and then I remember. Barb, are you kidding Stop. me? Ah, yeah. sorry. Anyway, come on. People, all right. I'm not, I didn't give away too much right there. Just no. Enjoy it. It's actually, I mean, that's a, a real small part Stranger, of it. If you have not watched Stranger Things yet, they just greenlit Stranger Things 2. Thank God. So there you go. Were you, did your kids watch Stranger Things? No, no way. It would have been, I mean, my wife and I were freaked out. Okay, we were very yeah. scared of the first two or three episodes. My son is right. afraid of his room right now. There's no way I'm going to let him watch Stranger Things. Not for one I second. I let my kids watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which was amazing. And every, <laughs> It's funny because like we don't curse in our house. We just don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I know parents that do and I know people that do, but every time they said like ass or son of a bitch or shit, there was like 20 shits in that. They said it like 20 times. My nine-year-old would look back at me like, Give a shake. That's <laughs> shake Randy head. shaking his head in shake my, Like at me, like it was my fault. Like right. I'm trying to thrust this potty mouth bullshit on them. And I wasn't, but it just was, I was like, okay, f- aside from that, don't you love the movie? Like how great is this movie? And they did. It was great. So Randy, you wake up early and make breakfast and lunch and get your kids to school. Yep. What does your wife do? She go to work? She helps out. Yeah. She's on her way to work. Now that our kids are st- have to go a lot of times we have to go like separate ways mm-hmm. but we do, we both kind of help each other out the other thing is we travel to do stand-up so i feel like when we're gone it's all on the other person so when we're around we better chip in or else, right you know people are going to feel that it's imbalanced and so we can't kaepernick the situation and just sit down <laughs> we have to stand up and 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 just i actually love being with him in the morning and all that stuff i mean it's it's sometimes this morning was hard. I was like, man, am I still high? What's going on there? You know? Yeah. I actually, I saw, I think video podcast network posted a photo on Instagram, which Mm. made it look like maybe you guys had done it earlier today. And I was thinking, Oh, I wonder what that's going to be like. Yeah. That would not have been good. How was was your getting Doug with high experience? People who don't know Doug, friend of the show and friend of mine, Doug Benson, Mm. um, hosts a video podcast where everyone smokes pot on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were worried actually a little bit, just, for the fear that my kids would find it, you yeah. know, because then that's a discussion I have to have. And, and us even discussing it on here now, they could find this and we talk about it. But look, we're going to eventually have to have a conversation with them. It's just when do we want to have that? So it's just trying to keep it away from our kids until they're like 18 and we can have or 17 and have like a real legitimate discussion with them about it. But so I was a little worried. But that being said, there is nobody better to oh sit around God. and do that with than Doug Benson and Eric so Andre, funny. who is our buddy. Yeah. He was there and he's just so crazy funny and just fun. And, you know, it's like when there's good energy between people. It's like there's a good energy between us. So this is always going to be fun. There's great energy always with Doug. It's just my goal whenever I get around Doug Benson is to get is to make him laugh. And he's a very hard Mm -hmm. guy to make laugh. And so when I can make him laugh, when we can make him laugh, it's a great feeling. Awesome. Did it a few times last night and it just was great. And I was like, and there were a couple of times where I was like, wait, where are we right now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I wanted to ask. How do you, because my fear would be that I would get so high that I wouldn't be able to speak. Yeah, that could happen. There are too. moments where you where you're like slower, or you're not on your game, but you're still funny. You're still it's you. It's you're still funny. like, and I, weird I think that's part out. of it. I actually think the the delay is funny. I was watching one. I was watching Jack Black on it, and like he said something, and then didn't finish his thought, and then gave Doug a look for so long, <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. And yeah. it was like a non joke. <laughs> it was just him 
saying something, you could tell he was thinking about what else he wanted to say, and he just was looking at it. It was making me laugh. It's really funny that that it's kind of like you know drunk history when mm-hmm. someone's getting drunk. I'm I never am like oh this per-, I'm like right. it's hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of why every- you tune in. Actually, yeah. I'm like it's everything that's great is this person trying to sort it out in their yeah. brain, like, and it takes a cer- and there is a certain uh, you have to respect the people for willing to let themselves become so vulnerable right in front of you. Yeah, that's that's as well a big part of it which for acting or anything that you do you really have to lay yourself wide open and it's just a great exercise just to be like look there's nothing up i mean you're gonna see me at my whether it's good or bad we're gonna see it and here we go and so it's fun all right once i have the baby i'll do it i have so many plans for what's gonna happen once i have the baby and the funny thing is once i have the baby i think all i'm probably gonna do is just the baby the baby yeah, yeah. Have time with the baby for a while and then you'll figure you'll it out still do your stuff you'll yeah still, you'll still do your thing but i mean it's for a while, yes, you're going to be, and that's got you got to be cool with that too, which is crazy. Yeah, I have all sorts of of plans. fears. Well, plans, yes, like all the stuff that I'm putting off now. Like I'm really going to hit my career hard <laughs> once the baby comes, which that's, is silly. Um, the stuff that I'm putting off now while I'm pregnant, that I'm like, that's really, yeah, I know. I need to accept that that's going to be a little while down the road till yeah, I pick up. What's your biggest everything. fear? What's your biggest fear? I mean, the fears outside of the motherhood stuff, like yeah, the motherhood or, or, fears of like, oh, well. Motherhood fears or whatever. That I honestly, I think that I won't have enough energy to do everything I need to do. Sure. Um, it's a de- legitimate fear. That's a fear. I'm worried about how it will affect. Well, what if you don't? Let's play that out. What if you don't have enough energy to do all the things you want to do? Are you are you the one whose wife is a therapist? No, nope. mine is. Okay, because but, but, but that's a very therapisty type question. So. That's no, good. But, but but sometimes the way to face your fear, you, okay, yeah, so then you won't do it. all the things right. that you want to do, and a couple things will be backburning for a little bit. I'm worried that I no, my fear is will be that I like the baby's crying. I'm so tired. I can't do this. Just like I can't whatever whatever it is I have to do yeah. that I can't do. But I don't really think that'll happen because that never happens. It, the baby will the cry, fear. and you will have that feeling. But yeah. all those things pass. The baby will stop crying. That feeling will go away, and then you'll do it. Right. I mean, like when he was sleep training his mm. two and a half year old. My two and a half year old got into a bed. Right, and then once the was out of the crib, it was like all hell broke loose. She there were no boundaries. She'd go wherever she wanted, and she was doing it all night long, and nobody was sleeping at all. So we had got professional help, and I was laying on her floor for seven nights on this, like taking the bed further from her bed and going out of the room. And I was like, "This is insanity," but you know what? At that same time, I was also watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was trying to catch up on Breaking Bad. So she would go to sleep in her bed. I would put earphones on, have a little fun. I watched like three episodes of Breaking Bad starting at like eight o'clock mm-hmm. in her bed. And I then I started to look forward to like laying in there and being in there because I was like, this is insane. And I would look over and she'd be so cute sleeping. And I was like, we're doing this. This is right. awesome. And I was so dreading it and fearing like I'm never going to get any sleep. This is going to be a nightmare. She's never going to figure this out. Now we're past it. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of, I feel like, things yeah, that that's a lot of stuff you build up in your brain where you're like, this is going to suck. Yeah, I think just that fear of like, I'll never sleep again. I'll never have a moment to myself. Um, so there's that. And then I have anxiety over how's it going to work with Wendy, Wendy the dog that uh, Jason wants to have sex with. You, um, like, will your baby want to have sex with him? With Wendy, you can teach oh, that'd, your be baby. Yeah, that'd be the best. That'd be the great. That would be the best. Yeah, if, Wendy, yeah. if the baby wants to have sex with, or Wendy. just let him, let her lick his balls. <laughs> 
You just that's really the introduction that you need. It's just let okay. Wendy lick his balls and just then put peanut butter on his balls and, and then just say, Wendy, come here, Wendy, Wendy, lick it up. You think that would bond them? Oh, totally, yes. totally, okay. totally. All right, good. That problem solved. No, I think my my concern is that I will be like now when I sit on the couch, Wendy sits in my lap, mm-hmm. just automatically. Mm-hmm. If I'm there, she's in my lap, and all of a sudden there will be a baby in my lap. And what if? I don't have time for her or she, I don't know, just all like that kind of stuff. But then people yeah, I know who have babies and kids and dogs, it all works yeah, out. You have plenty of time for everybody. And there'll come a point in time where you'll, you will give so much. The baby will frustrate you to no end. <clears throat> and then you will just look at Wendy and you will just have a moment where you will give so much concentrated love to this dog <laughs> because you're like, you don't, you don't cry. ask anything. You don't me. ask anything. I mean, you're just here and I just want to fuck your face. <laughs> And you are just here, and that is it. Like, you will, all of that will get channeled right into this little doggy, and it maybe won't be the constant stream of love that you can give her now, Mm -hmm. but it'll just get like there. I have an English bulldog that we rescued, and I love him so much. And even though I have two kids and all this other stuff, there are moments where I get down with him, and I'm just like, come on, buddy, it's just you and me. And you just give him all that love. Right. And, you know, later in life, I don't know how old Wendy is. She's two. Oh, my God. Oh, so this is great. You're, the dog is going to yeah. grow up, hopefully, knock on wood, with your baby. And right. so this baby is going to be like, this is my dog. And so then you're going to get, Wendy's going to get so much love from the kid. I know. I'm, I'm already sad about when the kid's like nine or ten and we lose Wendy. Like, I already had that thought. Don't. That's, I have flashed forward so many lost times. lost dog with the kids. I've, it's hard. It's tough, it's, right? My, we, my kids wanted fish. I was like, fuck, I don't want fish. No, you're mourning a week later. Fish. This is just <laughs> terrible. So we did. We had one and we changed the fish's water, but we fucked up and put the fish in the water, but it was too cold. And we screwed, we just screwed the whole thing up and we killed one of the fish. Oh. And so my great gave a great moment. It's, it's actually, if you do comedy and whatnot, if you're ever bombing on stage, there's a moment where you're in it and you are really in it. And you're like, okay, we're in. It's kind of what he was saying about in the sleep thing. You're like, I'm in it. I'm, I'm, in it. I'm in this thing right now. And all these people who are sitting out there who aren't laughing for whatever reason, they, most of them have never been in this type of a situation before. And most people aren't in this type of situation. It's how you react once you're in there and how do you Stranger get Stranger things, all right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're in the room. And instead of going away from the portal, you go in. You right. go into the portal. portal. So I, there was just that moment where I'm like, oh, and especially my nine-year-old, I'm like, she just doesn't have the coping skills to be able to roll with this. So she's coming home. My wife and I got a different fish. We brought it back. Not one that looked like it. Completely different color. We weren't going to lie to her and have her find out. Good, because like, that happened with me and my parents on a number of things. And I... Be honest. I won't let them Honesty it. rules the day. Yeah. Like you're, you, Yes, you might be able to pull it off for a little bit, but honesty no. rules the day. And so yeah. she came back home, and she came in the door, and I was like, uh, and she was like, what's wrong? And I said, bad news. Your fishy died, you know, and we we got another one. But if you don't like it, we spoke to the store, and we can take it back with you, and you can pick out another one. And she started crying, and she was really sad. And just there was a moment where she was crying, and she leaned over, and I gave her a hug, and I looked up at my wife. And I almost I had to stop myself because I the the joy of your kid needing you that much in that mm-hmm. moment, I almost wanted to laugh. And I knew that that would have been the wrong thing to do in that <laughs> right. situation. But I like wanted to laugh because it <laughs> almost I was out of joy out of giddiness. Out of giddiness and joy that like yes. you know, they'll come a time soon. You're you're on the precipice of having a child that is completely dependent on you right. and everything. I'm thinking of the time in five years from now when they're not gonna need me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this is 
a kind of a beautiful, as shitty as this is. And she actually, again, I built up so much the way you're building up. Right. Like, what's the dog going to do if the baby's here? And you start building these things up. And I built, we the whole time, I'm looking at my wife. You know, she's at home with me. And I'm like, it's going to be, be bad. bad. It's going to be bad. She's not going to be able to handle it. She's not going to be able to handle it. And she's like, you better believe. It's great because me and my wife, neither of us at times, there's a moment where we both just kind of swirl off into mm-hmm. the ether and no one is there to tether no down. one's grounding anybody. no one's grounding anybody <laughs> nobody it's like it's you're like yin and yin you're like, she's gonna she is not gonna do it well and she's, she's like, like oh, oh she's, she's gonna oh she's gonna she's definitely not gonna handle it and then you're gonna fuck up and she's like and then i'm gonna fuck up we're all gonna oh, screw geez. this thing up on every level and i was like it's gonna be it's gonna be a disaster she's <laughs> it's like, gonna be worse than it's this gonna disaster. be one of the worst disasters ever you know and we're like well how big of a disaster is it like like you know, World War Two disaster. We start going through all the disasters in the way Hindenburg, and then uh, she comes in and she handles it. And we were like, "Man, good for you, it's good, it's fucking great." So you, yes, your fears are just what they are, fears, mm-hmm. and, and 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 they're f- totally f- like grounded in like real stuff. But the truth is, you just don't know, and that is like rule number one of parenting: is to like lose all your expectations of what you want out of a situation, and the opposite is probably going to happen. Or if you're lucky, the thing you want will happen. But I mean, that doesn't happen. And I think my other fear is just how is it going to affect my career ambition? But the more pregnant I get, the more I'm like, eh, whatever happens, happens. So like, take your viewers though, however, and your listeners, your listeners, mm-hmm. not your viewers, but your listeners. A lot of people look at the device they're listening yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're right. viewing For especially the Allison's fans. Um, no, that you're, your listeners have been, you've been inside their heads and they right. really understand all of your thoughts and hopes and fears and everything. A lot of them either have kids or they don't have kids or thinking about it. They're probably saying to themselves, I can't wait to go through this journey mm-hmm. of parenthood with this person who has thoughts and views on all these other things. I can't wait to hear what she has to say about this thing going on. So, Yes, it will curb your career in certain areas. There, are, we should be outperforming doing stand up right. every night, several sets every night. We can't do it. I don't want to do it. I actually want to be at home with my kids from time to time. And this goes back to the thing of just turning it all off and then being a part of a family as opposed to like on the go. Because yes, our stand up would be so much better, but you lose opportunities. But at the same time, it will push you into areas and ways that like mm-hmm. you will be able to create about your own sort of take on what this whole thing is all about. And that to me is beautiful. Well, thank you. I feel better now. You right? should. You should. Well, so, okay. So, real fast or not real fast, but let's just do like the sort of recap from 2012 to what have you guys been up to? You were doing United Stats of America for H2 at the time yeah. and also the two podcasts. Yeah. Still That's do it. the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> we still do Scarborough Country and Scarborough County. Uh, we have been through many, many, many incarnations of things. Uh, we just did Jay did a pilot for True TV, which didn't go, but it was a really funny pilot with a great writer, this guy Dean Laurie. It was mm-hmm. a narrative. He and uh um Allison and Andrew Rosen. Andrew Rosen. Not Allison Rosen. I Andrea have been Rosen. confused for with for her. Well before. you guys both have dark hair. Yeah. You're both really funny and uh she's, she's fantastic. Super fantastic, talented actress. But the two of them were in that mm-hmm. they he was the lead, which was kind nice. of crazy and weird. First time that, that one of us is. Because we've done both the show. gone on an audition for things before and have gotten far, but none of us neither one of us have been the lead in something. Mm-hmm. And I think, I do believe if that show would go or if it goes somewhere else, if they pick it up and take it It was scripted? Else. Yeah, scripted. scripted. So funny. I do believe that they would figure out a way to write me into it so that I could be a part of it. I mean, who I if agree. you If you have that 
asset to why in the world wouldn't you use right. it? But it's um, the asset being a twin. Yeah, this other person who can pull it off. It's not mm-hmm. even right. like you have a twin who's like a mechanic. Who, hey, let's bring <laughs> right. him in and try and let him be. A-. No, you have this whole other world of stories and yes. things you could do. Yes. I believe that they would do that. Um, so that didn't go. And then we did a really cool show with the same company that did the United States of America, Left Right. They do Odd Mom Out. Mm-hmm. They did This American Life on Showtime. They did the History Channel show. They do a number of other things. But they, we did a show. You know, the Travel Channel was like, hey, we'd love to do a show with you guys. What kind of a show would you want to do? And we were like, no kind of show because we're already traveling we do enough. Need to travel we don't need to travel any more yeah. than we're already traveling. We're already traveling enough for stand-up. And then we kind of caught ourselves and we said, well, wait a minute. Maybe there's a show we can dovetail into our stand-up. Oh, so we cool. sort of pitched the idea that, like, you know, whenever we do go out on the road – we try and do like material about the town that we're in and what we're experiencing. A we lot try of to create like five to seven minutes of material in every city we go. It forces to. you to experience what the town is all about before you go in there. It also gives you like a little bit of a handle before you launch into your material and shows you connecting with the crowd on your table. If you can do city. it right, you're basically roasting the city, mm-hmm. but you're as outsiders. So you're trying to get in and figure out what's making this place tick and what are they grappling with and what are they dealing with and what are the sort of the things about it that they're really proud of and how can you make fun of that and all that stuff. So going back to civic pride, it's kind of like you're taking a shot at them in their most proud moment. And, and in order to do that, like when Jeff Ross makes fun of you, you love it. When mm-hmm. Rickles used to take people down, they were like, people would sit in the front row, like, please take right. me down. Not every city is like, and not every person, as demonstrated by the Colin Kaepernick situation, knows how to take a joke. Not that he's joking, but I'm saying people take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. to a point. So it is a little tricky to get in there and do that that way. But we thought that'd be a great show. Plane lands. You have 48 hours to come up with five minutes of material. So it's a show about the city and about experience city, but it's really a show about the comedic process of what it means to create comedy. How does, I love it. How does something go from an interesting observation into a funny thought, into a joke, into a scripted bit? That is a part of your act and that hopefully works with the crowd. And so resonates. we, so, you know, and again, we started to do it in podcast form. It's available. We've done it five cities. It's on Howl, which is Earwolf's mm-hmm. like Netflixy type sort of subscriber based thing. And we've done five cities. Howl.fm. Howl.fm. And uh, it's called Finding the Funny. And we did five cities. So we really got good at figuring out how to do this. And where to go. And it was really the podcast. That in podcast form, just audio? Just, just audio. audio. So it's almost like a This American Life. Mm-hmm. It feels like that, except at the end, you're, you're there with us as we describe. We're at Niagara Falls and, and we're, you hear the rush of it behind you and you hear the jokes that we're coming up with and you hear what we're experiencing and talking to people and interviewing them. And then at the end of the show, you see like the five minutes of stand-up. So you actually get – it's like a cooking show. Mm-hmm. You know, when I watch Top Chef, like people have these challenges. You make something out of this, like ugly fish and this, these vegetables and this, and you got to make a gourmet meal. And so you watch people put it together and their thought process go and you're with them as they're doing it. And then they comes out of the oven or wherever it is. And it's like, here you go. And then fucking Gail Simmons gets to eat it. (laughs) And you're like, she doesn't need any more of that. And so we're like, we, why can't I eat it? You know, like, why does, why do we have, we can't consume it. But, but with our audience can, the audience can consume it right alongside the audience in the comedy this finished product thing and you're listening to the, how how is it received in the comic club and then you kind of want to know what did they think of it what did the people in that town think of what we did and so we did it and we shot it as a TV pilot for the travel channel they bought it we shot it as pilot and it aired 
went through the lengthy process of working with the Travel Channel, and they are based in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they are very up the middle and worried about offending anybody and anything. Mm. And that process was one of the more difficult ones that we've had in terms of all the breadth of TV projects that we've done. The notes process was very arduous. And and we compromised on a lot of things and thought, ooh, I wonder if our fans are not going to be happy with this because we've already done it in podcast form. We were just nobody noted us at all. It's we did like it the purest thing ever. Thirty seven right. minutes exactly really get you the you know the stand up would be like nine minutes long at the end, ten minutes sometimes in Austin and whatnot. And then you really get to see it. it's exactly the way we want it. So when we did this twenty two minute version. Or twenty one thirty or whatever it was, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. We were like, "Man, is this gonna? Our fans gonna not like it? It's gonna air on the Travel Channel." It aired. Our fans loved it, and we were like, "Okay, we got through this process, which was really tough for us. We felt like we compromised a lot, but we wound up finding a ground that we literally tried to listen to their notes as best as we could, and yet do the things that we felt didn't take away from what we wanted to do." And we felt like going through that process and them airing it was a formality that they would then pick it up, or at least try and see, like, let's do 10 of them or see what's up. And they didn't do it. They, mm. they did not pick it up. So that happened this summer. So we were, like, really devastated right. about that. It could still about looking in the, into the abyss. You go, like, oh, that's what we thought we were going to do. Right. Yeah. So Is, Was it more devastating because of the entire arduous process to get yes, to that point? I think that contributed to also, it. So it was an days. idea that we had. You know, it's these ideas that we have are very personal and they're very much like a part of who we are. And we're like, we know, also love the idea. We love it. We yeah. think it makes sense. Everyone we tell it to is like, oh, yeah, that'd be, I would watch that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's about stand-up, which is so personal and means so much to us. It's about creating. It's, I don't think people realize what a tight wire it is to create material like that that could fit side-by-side side with yeah. your regular stand-up. Especially in that timeline. In two days. Yeah. It's, so there's like a real challenge on, on board. And to me, I think it, it exercises the things that I think we do well. Yeah, because stand-up is also like... When you go to see a band in concert, you're like, if you can't play the instruments that they're playing or don't have their skill level, you're just like, I can never do that. I, like, that's insane. That's so great. Stand-up is just talking. <laughs> so everyone can talk, and people are sometimes funny in their circle of friends. I mean, everyone's like, so if you try something and it doesn't go well with a crowd, someone could be sitting in the crowd and being like, I can do that. Mm, I'm sure they that. are. And they that. are all the time. <laughs> I'm sure there are people who do that all the time. And what this show was kind of showing a little bit was like, maybe you can, but probably you can't. Like, this is, this is an art form. And there, there takes a lot of energy and effort and time to take an idea from its inception and, and build it up so mm-hmm. that it becomes part of your act. And that for so us fun. Is cool. So we'll see, if it, we'll see if it goes anywhere else, but it's hard to then go up that hill battle when someone else has like, rejected it. Did, hard because it makes people less into the idea or because it's harder on you guys to oh, I be mean, confident to sell it? I mean, we love it. We're still confident in the idea. We feel like the, that's not the re- It wasn't, and I actually even think it was executed even though we had to compromise on a lot of things, <clears throat> we would probably recut it in a different mm-hmm. way and then take it out. But a lot of times there's a stigma of, oh, these guys developed and it didn't go here, so why would we want right. their, their trash? The, the same feeling seconds. when someone breaks up with you and you're like, yeah. I'll yeah. never date again. Yeah, true. You do have that feeling where you're like, why well, this is now, I'll ne- or I'll never find anyone yeah. that I care about like that ever again. And then did, you do. Did I'll they never find a- another fish. <laughs> uh, and then you just do. Did they give you a reason? Do they give you a There's reason? There's plenty of fish at the pet store. That's what I told her <laughs> of other fish. Uh, they didn't no. give us a reason. And no. they, you know, 
it just passed. They just passed. And we were, uh, maybe they felt like it just wasn't going to connect with their audience. We're like, yeah, it was kind of sitting in the middle of like a marathon mm-hmm. of extreme RV makeovers. <laughs> you want to do more voiceover of extreme water parks? Like just then this is not your show. There's a little more thinking than that. And I get it. I was like, I kind of understand. Although why not try something new and why not try something different? Mm. You haven't picked up a new show in three years as a network. Why not try something new? But does the pilot like, cause now I'm disappointed that I don't get to see it. Oh, does it live anywhere? Yeah. Does it live anywhere? Not for us. We got to figure out that. And I think we're going to try and go out and resell it. We'll see what happens. Cross your fingers. You never know. Never know. We did a documentary. We're in the midst of finishing up a documentary that friends came to us with. And we were like, initially the whole movement of the documentary is our trepidation was doing it and then our jumping into it and doing it and then the completion and how it transformed us to do it what is it about it's a documentary about poop yeah of all i'm in you're in (laughs) you're in yeah we should interview for it um (laughs) it was it was just fascinating because we were like i don't know if that's really not what we do you don't think of yourselves as poop comics yeah not at all and we were like man i don't know if this is a good idea and then we kind of sat on it over the weekend no pun intended and we (laughs) then said uh what if we had a really honest discussion about it how do people really feel about it and talk to in addition to comedians and whatnot talk to why is it something we all do but no one talks about Mm -hmm. and is that bad that we don't talk about let's find out yeah maybe it's a good thing maybe we've just I mean, there were friends that we interviewed that, like, I've known for 20 years, and now, understanding their poop habits, I understand, I've heard stories about their relationship with their significant others in ways that I'm like, I never understood that, oh, you show each other your poops, you guys are that close, or (laughs) you don't do that because, and you're upset about that. Right. We've never had this discussion, and I'm like, oh my God, I've known you for 20 years. While you were immigrating, your mom took your poop and threw it at the people who were yelling anti-Semitic slurs at you? That's incredible. That's an amazing story. That's wow. Because you That's, had to poop on a train. That's an incredible story. And and so fun and fascinating. And we did it on the cheap, but got it financed through these people, great you know producers and whatnot. And we're finishing up doing it. I mean, it's one of these things that we kind of have not been thinking too big about it because mm-hmm. that's there's always a mistake in that. Uh, so it may just be what it is, but it actually resonates with people, every single person we've talked to, and the footage itself is so fascinating and compelling and interesting to talk to people yeah. that I don't know how big this could be. It could be I, a big I, thing. I, I would watch it. I'm super into it. Yeah. See, I want to be the couple that poops with the door open yes. and that has like a real open dialogue yeah. about it. Your husband does not. Right. He's okay with the dialogue about it, but he's like, I think he's kind of like, ugh. The fact that I don't always close the door and like hit like are the bathroom door opens. It has a door. One of the bathroom doors opens into our bedroom. One of the doors on the other side opens into the office. Mm-hmm. So I won't always close the door and then he'll walk into the office. He'll be like, I'm in here. <laughs> I'm like, as am I. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're both so, doing work. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, why don't you just close the door? But I think that. We're both logging on. <laughs> logging off. <laughs> I think. The reason that I want that is because I feel like him accepting all of that means truly accepting all of me, even the grossness. It's so, yes, yes. And then, by the way, like, doesn't surprise me about you. Like, that doesn't surprise me. Well, that's kind of my whole thing. Right. Putting my shit out there. Totally. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, And we say, I want to put my shit out there. That's that's literally what you are doing, is putting your shit out there. And you're like, love me for all of it. And can you poop in public? You can poop in public, right? I can, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I don't, I don't 
prefer it, but plane, I'm not. If you had to go on a plane, I could even do that. So yeah, that's amazing. Jesus but that, you know what? I wasn't a level always of confidence. That's just incredible. I wasn't always like that. Um, going to college, I just got over my inability to poop anywhere. Like I know a lot of people. Where'd you go to college? Pomona College. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know a lot of people. Pomona College. <laughs> Pomona. Uh, I know a lot of people, and it's usually more often guys than uh, men than women who pretty much can only poop in their home toilet. If I would have like not gone to the bathroom for entire semesters at a time, if that had been the case, there are people who forces you to deal. Yeah. But my attitudes since doing this, since doing the documentary, Doc- have changed. 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 I did a camping trip with like a whitewater rafting trip with my family, and they there's like a bucket thing called the Groover, and you got to poop like there's yes there was a little tent over it, but it's like sitting out right around the corner from where everybody is. And in the morning, it's like open and you're looking out at the river and you just do it. Well, I'm like, I'm picking up the box. I'm walking over there. You, Everybody here knows what I'm about to go do. There's like no mystery. Right. And I don't think I would have been that cool with it had we not gone through interviewing 60 people that we had known before. And we're like, this is, I now know that we've talked about it so much that I'm cooler with it. And that to me is amazing. The whole thing moves almost like, a movement, <laughs> and that's actually what we were thinking of calling the the documentary. Oh, I like that movement, a poop documentary, <laughs> and on the bottom, just fecal matter. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, let's take some questions that listeners sent in on Please. Twitter. Let's do it. When we ask, we send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. I thought that song was going to go longer. I thought there was going to be a second verse. It, it could. Um, okay. Mark says, how was it being on GDWH? Is that Good Day? Uh, getting getting. Oh, 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 we already talked about that. Well, great. now we know. Super fun. Yeah. Thank you for that it was, question. It was, it was an interesting experience that will probably come back and destroy our children's lives. <laughs> it was fun. find it too early. Yeah, exactly. Keith Hepworth says, can you please explain the genesis of Henderson and Punch Waterfalls? Mm. Henderson was, uh, when we had John Doerr, a very funny Canadian comedian on our podcast, we started talking to him about the Summit Series, which was a hockey series that happened between Russia and Canada in 1972. We know about it because we were shooting a movie in Canada in 2002, and they were selling on TV at every commercial break the 30-year commemoration of this epic series between the Russians. Now, the greatest moment in U.S. sports history in the last 50 years was the United States beating the Russians in hockey in the Olympics in 1980. People said Al that, Michaels, do you believe in miracles? Yes. So that were. team, that Russian team that was so good at their height, a little bit on the downfall, imagine eight years earlier and everybody's young and everybody's incredible and they played the Canadian All-Stars. These are all NHL players and they played eight games. I think it was eight games or like seven games, whatever. It was eight. It was like a weird Weird eight. series and Canada won and they won on a goal scored by this guy, Paul Henderson. And Which they call as the goal of the century. So every time, you know, and as they, this Foster, Foster Hewitt, Hewitt made the call. He's like, Henderson scores! <laughs> Henderson! He, so and, we asked John Doerr if when he's having sex, uh, right <laughs> as he's about to put the tip when he's of entering his penis, the woman, does he hear in the back of his head, it's like such a huge Canadian moment that I feel like any <laughs> Canadian person just hears that call of them having sex. And he said, no, but our fans thought it was really great. And they would start yelling at us like, Henderson is this like great thing. So that was, 
that was that's the origin of that and punching waterfalls was there was this story about uh kevin mitchell who was uh new york met uh and i guess he was also a san francisco giant was he play? i don't know who he played for but uh he punched his swing coach or punched like a golf swing coach I don't know. He started punching somebody who he shouldn't have punched out of anger that was unnecessary. And uh, we suggested that instead of punching a person when you're mad, just go punch a waterfall. <laughs> and then our friend uh, Chris, Chris Cox. Cox did a TLC tribute song called <laughs> Don't Go Punch a Waterfall. Please, please, go, go please go punch, punch a waterfall. waterfall. <laughs> okay, David Cazares says, hmm. is the twin ship still equal or is there an alpha now? <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's two betas. Yeah, I don't think there's, <laughs> I don't think there, I, I would say there is never just an equal, but it's never that one person, you know, I mean, there are moments, you mm-hmm. know, like we described that whole moment of Jay getting that pilot. That was like a very great, wonderful moment in his life. And it was rougher for me, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And Had you auditioned for it as well? Yeah. I just didn't get it. I mean, it just wasn't. Just what what we bring to the table, although subtle, is different. Right. And, I, and watching the pilot shot, I was like, yeah, I totally understand what uh, – I completely understand why he got it. You know, and it was like – Can you articulate of, that? Fraction of degrees. Um, I, I don't know. I think I can believe that he would mm. be the character that he was playing, which was – I mean, it was a marriage that was completely falling apart, and there was like a – just – because of the circumstance of what was going on, and then they turn to a life of crime. It's a really wonderful, right. great play. It's almost like a like a movie, like an independent yeah. film. But uh, I was like, yeah. I, sometimes in our acting, I can sort of inhabit physicality a little bit more naturally mm-hmm. and comedically than he can, and he has a different like you know his his awkwardness with that is actually funny, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that played better for this character and for what this was. I also think the fact that you have glasses changes it a little bit, not that they couldn't put glasses on me and I actually have to use glasses to read now, but I just think just, I don't know, the inhabitation of this character wound up being different. So that was hard. That was hard for me. So there gets into a moment, just trying to answer this question. Mm It gets into a moment where like, yeah, Jay was more alpha for that long period of time. And then when it didn't go, it kind of balanced it back out again, but it might go, you know, you never know. Mm -hmm. So I think it go. My point is it ebbs and flows. It's never like exactly equal unless we're both enjoying something that we're doing that we're both doing at the same time. So like if we get a show or if we're working on a project that we both really love, I think our excitement levels are at a probably a pretty even, even Jason getting something that Randy didn't get and knowing that, um, he was going through a bit of a, like, that it, he was sad about that. Did you feel guilty at all? Yeah, it was hard. It was definitely hard. Survivor's remorse. Um, yeah, there was part of that. It it was hard because, you know, every time you do something, you're like, oh, this is going to be the thing. That's the thing. And it changes your life. And like, you know, I was thinking of him and like, you know, what if this does work out? And what if it is something that I have to do and I'm excited to do and I love it and I didn't want to love it any less. I also was like, I want to be super excited this doesn't happen very often Mm -hmm. that people book the lead in a series you know and even though it's just a pilot like that's a big deal so i wanted to like be happy and excited about it but i also felt badly for him and was trying to think about how he would be involved if if it's it's like a diane keaton uh white cream colored pantsuit it's complicated (laughs) (laughs) diane keaton was not in it's complicated she was not 
No. I thought she was in It's Complicated. Meryl Streep. Streep. I and thought that's she was, was best too. anal. No. Keaton no, not. She got her ass streaked in, yeah, yes. in uh, It's yes. Complicated. Yes. Do you guys go, do you guys compete against each other for roles often? No. Sometimes. Once in a while we do. Sometimes if it's a role for one person, they don't want to divide it up. A lot of times we'll get work on things that are like, hey, this is a role for one person we're reading. And we're like, this this is good. I mean, I get it. Let's just go in and break it up into two characters. That's not what people want. Nobody wants to pay extra. Nobody mm. wants the budget to go up. The line producer is like, this is annoying. Sometimes <laughs> we have to take less money. But other times we make it a it, it winds up being actually something that it becomes more dynamic. If if we try that, if we've ever like said, hey, we have a take on this together, like why don't we run this by you and see what you think? And if it comes alive in a great way, then you kind of set yourself into a different category. And if they really like that, then it's very hard for anyone else to compete with that because right. it's so different. So then it's like you, swimming upstream, but if you get there, then you can just hang out. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful thing. Rafael Castaneda says, best mm-hmm. and worst logo in sports. Brooklyn Nets, one of the worst in my opinion. It's pretty bad. It's pretty basic. Uh, the best logo in sports. God, does that? I wonder oh, if that man. includes like college sports too. I think it includes all the sports. All of oh sport. God. There's just so many. I mean, the... the I. I I don't necessarily love this team, but the L.A. on the L.A. Dodgers hat is pretty incredible and iconic and just great. Um, I mean, I loved back in the day the Seattle Supersonics, which they're mm-hmm. now the Oklahoma City Thunder. But they it just it encapsulated the skyline in a way that was. I don't know. It was really cool for me. I'm like, this is actually yeah. Space Needle was on there. It was on the yeah. jersey. That was a cool logo. I mean. The Clippers got a new logo, and people are like, they just don't like it. I Golden State, it. Golden State has a cool logo with, cool. with the uh, with the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, we're Cardinals fans, and the simplicity of like the Cardinals logo and same even those. the football Cardinals logo of the old day, just the Cardinal on the helmet with like the the head going back. That was cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, logos are great for 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 all these teams. They're fantastic. I mean, I I think the logo work. I don't know. I don't love like the Mighty Ducks. Kind yeah, of a weird, that's, the, that's a bad. I'm like looking at it right now, like like that hot two hockey sticks crossed and a and a hockey mask in the shape of, of a, a duck, duck bill. bill. It's like come like on, like no no goalie would ever on, wear that. Bro. And it kind of gives you the promise that I don't know if you've seen the movie Most Valuable Primate, but it's about mm-hmm. a monkey that plays hockey. Ooh, and the monkey hits. I missed it. I mean, the monkey hits the puck and it goes through the back of the net. And I'm like, well, there are great like hockey players who have the hardest slap shot in all the NHL and they've never put it through the back of the net. So you neglected to tell us that this monkey has superhuman strength. And not only, I mean, yes, a monkey is stronger. I mean, obviously yes, but we the, know that a monkey, but can the monkey rip didn't a even take, yes, but the monkey didn't even take the stick back above its shoulder before <laughs> it like went down there. It went, it went faster than it should have gone. And that was your main problem. With that, that was movie. my biggest problem with the movie. Everything else worked. Yeah. I was really on board with everything else. <laughs> no, but like this presupposes that there's a mu- that there's a duck in goal. They're right. like, yeah, we got a whole hockey team of regular kids, and then now we got a duck playing goalie. I think the Michigan Wolverine helmet is also a, an iconic helmet for something you just see it, you recognize it, and, and you like, feel yeah, that's like college football. Right in your right in the yeah. bottom of your testicles. West Anthony says, was there ever a one brother pretending to be the other prank or scheme that blew up in their faces? No. I think we realized early on that that was a prank that 
other people perpetrated. Mm -hmm. It felt hacky from the get-go. Even at age three. I think someone told us at age three to do that. Do it. Switch. We were in preschool at the JCC in St. Louis, JCCA. It was one of my earliest memories of life. This is, And this is, whether we knew it or not, I think this was our alternative take on this. So they're like, yes, switch class. You should switch switch classes on the teacher. They'll never know. Someone was like telling us to do mm-hmm. this. As Who three-year-old. was telling us? Who was like feeding us Some this information in our ear? I don't know. I can't even like. And uh, I chose to switch. Jay's no, or you chose to switch. I was like, you should switch shirts with this other kid. Yeah, just like oh. another kid switch classes with, with AJ Hillinger. And so like we just switched, and they're like, "What are you doing in this class? And where is AJ?" I mean, it was like it, it was foiled. Then it became like a like a security issue of like, "Why is this child right. in this class?" Yeah, exactly. So it wound up, you know, the parents were called. It was a terrible thing. But I mean, that's at, early on. We're like, no, we don't want to do this mm-hmm. because it's just we have a thing that we believe that a lot of twins just kind of plug into what they think is expected of them mm-hmm. in this sort of well, that's anybody by the way like that's like a blonde girl who's not that dumb being like i'm just uh yeah and like getting like like recognition for that or, or validation in a weird way for that or like you know it, there are people who just know the stereotypes Way into the, yes. the the tropes and you're like well that's not what we want to do and and look maybe it's maybe that's what's kept us from being successful probably <laughs> it's like going against that whole thing mm-hmm. but whatever Right. It's what we chose from an early age. I love that she was just like, right. Yep. As if you aren't successful. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm no, just no, kidding. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> totally kidding. She was agreeing. No, no, no. I was saying, I was remembering. Honestly, I will tell you. I was remembering. I wasn't fishing for a comment, though. No, I know. I was remembering on the last time you were on my show, you were talking about how people want there to be like one good twin and one yeah. evil mm-hmm. twin or one yeah. this twin and yes. one that twin, but that you guys are very kind of vehement that you both have both parts of you because you're both people. Right. And that's like, it's a fiction, this idea that there's, that twins are that are different in the, in those sort of polarizing ways. I, I mean, you- I do believe in some twin relationships. They, you know, the, the, the psychological concept of labeling comes into effect mm-hmm. when, you know, you tell a kid he's a bad kid forever and then he just starts to fulfill that prophecy because right. that's what people are telling them. Or you tell someone they're evil or they're good and they start to like live up to that moniker I think that's possible that that could happen, but nobody is all good or all evil. Nobody right. unless, you know. And nobody, I mean, in general, usually there's not one that's like the bookish twin. The other one's the party twin. Right. Like the Wakefields from Sweet Valley High. Yeah. Okay. I hated them. <laughs> Star Seeker Dragon says, the two of you have perfect chemistry. Was there ever a time you two disagreed, fought, or had near falling outs? Thank you for the compliment. Uh, yeah. I, we have fought, definitely. Brothers fight. If you have siblings, you fight with your sibling. That's just that's just part of it. I watch my kids fight. It's the bane of my existence. Like they could invent a game and then one minute later be arguing about <laughs> the rules like they're arguing like an article of confederation. I'm like, you just made the shit up one minute ago. Like get get together and figure it out. Don't fight about it. Do you let cause see I have a younger sister and anytime we would start fighting, I would just this is what I would hear. Girls! Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were not allowed to argue, and it was I'm, very frustrating. I want them to work it out. I yeah. definitely do on a certain level, and I, we let it go for a little while, and then I'm just like, you guys got to shut up. So man. we would fight. I remember one time we, in in New York, we were, I mean, we were adults, and we would just done a set of comedy on stage at the comic strip. We'd have like six sets in the night. Every set was great except for that last set. We're con- or fi- we had had like that was the fifth set. Fifth set, we had one more to go down to. So we're in a so 
great, 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 great. Get up to the comic strip, and it just for whatever reason, it's like that's that's classic New York. You're doing five, six mm-hmm. sets a night. Five go great. One's terrible, and it was terrible. And we were like blaming each other for. So we get into the cab to go down to the next set because we're almost late for it. So there's a time crunch. We're stressed. Mm-hmm. We're frustrated. We're angry about what just happened, and we start getting into it with each other. And we literally were like, would not back down, and we started like fist fight in the back of the oh, cab. Oh wow! And the cab driver, who you know in New York City, like every cab driver needs every single fare. Mm-hmm. It was like it had been about we'd gone through Central Park, and we were now starting to go down the Probably west like side. Nine dollars, about nine dollars at this point. Pulled over and was like, get, get out. out, get out. We're like, what about paying you? He's like, get just out. get out. And we were like, I don't need this medallion. We're like, what? <laughs> My children are not worth it. Uh, no, but it was just like a crazy thing. And so that that was probably the last time we physically fought. But we, we get on each other all the time. Because we, it's a close enough relationship where you, you know how you can get down on yourself. Mm. Oh, interesting. Oh, so, and it's so interesting. You can get down on each other in the same way you get down on yourself. Yeah. Like you allow, whereas other people, you kind of under, you right. say you to yourself, the well, I should, there's a little bit of a line there. I probably shouldn't push this person that far. But for yourself, it's part of you. Sometimes mm-hmm. I go off on my kids in a way that's like a little bit more than the way that you, I should probably put a thing. But and then I'm like, you're part of me. I mean, you're part of my DNA. And I'm like, that. I have to be careful with that. And thing. also, we do give each other a little leeway to be upset and and know that it's a strong enough relationship. It's, you know. It's a good example. You can fight and then come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, what about the relationships where people fight and then it's like, oh, I won't talk to you for the next three years. Right. Or yeah. or duos. Like, you know, there are a lot of comedy duos or bands. You know, the Beatles hated each other. I don't think if they all lived, they would stay together. You know, Journey. Why can't Journey get back together? I saw Steve Perry in the Valley. He seems like a nice guy. Why can't they get together? If if Guns N' Roses can get back together and play Dodger Stadium, Journey could probably play like the Rose Bowl. I'm not Journey, kidding. You. Journey, if they went on, could make so yeah. much money if they went on tour. Just and and people money. would love it. They would love it. It's like why can't? You, don't you want to make all that money and feel that collective love? With a break and a pause from from your career, you don't have to love Journey at all. You could hate Journey. So many people probably found out about Journey in the Sopranos finale. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how you feel about that band. We happened to have loved that man when we were coming up, and they were right in the pocket as we were growing up. So like we loved them. Like why wouldn't they get back together and make and and do Journey the way Journey should be done just for one la- just for one year? We we can't understand that because we've been it. in fights that you know you were like but you get to over the it. normal person. You're like you just got to get past it. You got to get past it. Yeah, have you gone for days at a time where you haven't spoken because you've been no, angry? Never, never, really, never. We can't solve it. I just can't have that hanging over my head. Yeah. There are some people who can live with the mess. There are some people who can live with the sh- the cloud. But you know what our li- our lives. And this business is such a mess. It is such a mess and it's so much living in the unknown and it's so much, you know, being and having anxiety about whether it's going to work out or whether it isn't going to work out. The rest of your life, you have to just have in order Clean it up. control. Clean it up. Or else, you, or else you lose your mind. I don't or know or just, just deal with it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And get past it rather than having it lingering on and making you feel terrible. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Um, Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? I feel like I'm at a jazz brunch. Doesn't that feel <laughs> Perfect. like Perfect. That's yeah, exactly that what I'm going for. To me? 
But first, I want to say, you guys, I'm on Patreon. Patreon is a place to go uh, to support artists that you're into. There's bonus content and rewards and all sorts of stuff like that. It's kind of like Kickstarter, but it's on an ongoing basis. I love cool. that. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, I'm going to be doing my podcast live at PodFest. Are you guys? We yes, are. LA we are. Be there Perfect. We're you... all going to be at PodFest. What's your time and September date? September 24th, which is a Saturday at noon. Great. We're what doing ours the next day at four, Sunday at four. There you go. Get and a so pass. get a pass. That's we right. Pass it. Come, Come on out. Podcasts. And if you can't make it in person, you can buy a ticket to the live stream. Go to LAPodFest.com. Use the promo code Rosen. You get a discount. Um, and if you uh, like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you're shopping on Amazon, click the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Okay. And at the end, I'll give you guys a chance to plug Great. all of your things. Sure. Super. Um, okay. So this is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, just me or everyone. Ashley Bloodworth says, I often wonder if I will ever feel like an actual adult. Hashtag 30-something. Mm. I, for a long time, I felt that way. Um, I felt like I should feel more like an adult now than I do. I don't feel, like lately, I don't find myself having those thoughts as much, but I went through a long period of time where I was like, I'm too old to be calling my parents to ask how to do this or that. I Mm -hmm. should know, but I don't. I think that age is going higher and higher. It used to be like, she did hashtag 30 something. That used to be a comment that was like hashtag 20 something. Right. So I think maybe that's also what's kind of bumping her a little bit. And I also think like, Parents today are taking care of their kids in a way that that have never been taken care of this much yes. ever, and so God help us that <laughs> that in twenty years will be hashtag forty something, right? So, right. So you know, so and and so look, I mean, it is really good to to get stuff. The sense of accomplishment you have for learning how to cook, learning how to buy a car on your own, do your taxes, do taxes. taxes. All, I would one. just figure out a way to like do these things. Uh, is great. I mean, it just, it makes you feel, it, it's okay. That's, you know, I think people also think, especially like becoming a parent or becoming an adult, that you lose who you are as a human being and then just join this other like <laughs> adult nameless, pod faceless, world, yeah. right, exactly. You don't become who you are. Well, that's not true. You basically are yourself, but you've just accomplished more. Mm-hmm. Javier Juarez says, find $20 bill in a jacket. Always think, wow, I just found money. Never think, fuck, when did I lose $20? That's true. That's a good point. You'll but, always feel that. That's you feel great because yeah. you lived your life without it. So ne- it always will feel like a windfall. Yeah. It's always like, what am I doing with this? Right. Where are we drinking? <laughs> Where are we going? It's a good feeling, I think. League Pass and Chill says, grossed out by the perpetual layer of oil on the middle part of my sunglasses, have to wash off with soap many times a day. That sounds like a... So there's oil where the sunglasses sit on right. the nose. Well, well, Jason, you wear glasses. Do you get gross? Do you get oil collecting on the no. middle? No, maybe that. I'm just not as conscious of a person. But by the way, that means that you are your skin is doing its job. Mm. You should be. It should be producing oils and stuff. That means you. I bet this person You'll doesn't be, have a lot of wrinkles. You won't have a lot of wrinkles in it's your true. life. Just know that. Bad what do they call it? Juice. Do they call it dry of Olay? No, it's <laughs> oil oil of Olay. Yeah. So thank God you have it. You should should learn how to bottle that shit and start selling that to the ladies. Moisturize. Moisturize. Uh, Leela Rolling Stone says, I see a movie at the theater, but I watch a movie at home. It's a language thing. Um, Mm. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't. I wouldn't say I watched that movie at a theater. Well, maybe I would. 
But in no, in general, no, you said, let's, go, yeah. let's go see, see unless you were seeing the movie Saw. Right. <laughs> so then let's go see Saw at the movie theater. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't say that. And I, I wouldn't saw, see I that. saw Saw. You did? Yeah. I didn't Why? Like it. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I didn't see it. Why would I see that? No, I would never. I would not see Saw. <laughs> no, I would not see Saw either. No. I would watch, watch Saw. I would watch I would watch Saw. Watch C- I would see Saw on CISO. If, C- if CISO came out, came out on CISO, I would, I would watch it. I wouldn't <laughs> see it. NBC Universal's website uh-huh. for comedy. Erky mm-hmm. uh, Corpuz says, I throw apple cores into plants or bushes instead of the trash because I think it's better for the environment. It is. By the way, it is. is because true? Yep, because you can... You can compost it. It's worms. Worms eat it, and it goes back into the ground. I think you're fine doing that. Don't throw trash or anything that can't decompose. But absolutely, who cares? You're feeding the worms. I guess dust to dust, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Leah K. Williams says driving with cruise control on gives me bad anxiety. Feel like I have no control. I yes, the times in my life I've done cruise control, uh, I will. Put it on for like two minutes. I'm like, uh, I can't handle it, and then I turn it off. Right, because you're like, where's my f- you? Because right. you, your foot is lulled into a sense of security. How many people right. know how to drive like standard. Like I don't. Stick. My husband's car stick. is a manual. Manual. What? I mean. Yeah, not standard. Manual. It's great. Well, I think the same. They mean the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Stick shift. Uh, I learned, yeah. but I never really you got know, it it's, down. It's kind of cool. It is a feel thing. It is definitely like for those. It's a quirky. I thing. I want to do it again. It's been Me like too. Probably it's been a fifteen while, years, but like, seventeen years since I've done it. I really. It is. It, it is really fun. We only did it once in our lives. We took a MR2. Spider. I did it in Israel. I drove. I rented a car in Israel. We took an MR2 Spider convertible across country. Oh wow! And. We said we knew how to drive stick before we... So we go to the Toyota place on in Torrance, and we had to bring our friend with us, and he had to drive it off the lot because <laughs> we just couldn't do it. Was it... And then it was just you guys without your friend, though, in the right. car, right? Learning, learning how to drive stick shift How'd it go? America. Was it hard? It was great, but sometimes we almost missed an exit, and we went from I like, would, like, go down from fifth down to first <laughs> without actually shifting, and you just would hear, like, the sound of, like, The eight, car dying. Imagine you just drove over eight puppies yelping. Yeah. That's what it sounded like, and I was like, yeah. I, I do remember that sound, because my dad's car was stick shift, um... It was a stick shift sports car, and so he was trying to teach me to drive stick until he decided that it was it was too bad for the car <laughs> because yeah, like, it was like because I, I know all those sputtering sounds and all the the difference yeah. between my daughter knowing something versus ruining this car is too great. <laughs> I can't overcome that. I, That's I, how he felt. Yeah. I buy that. Mm-hmm. So I know the the general principles, but um, mm. but you know I think if you go to buy a car now, it's like special order to get a manual. You have to. Yeah. Uh, okay. X poop X. I see a potential fan for your movement That's documentary. About. Sure. Not impressed or comforted when the waiter or waitress doesn't need to write down your order. Yeah. I'm impressed if they get it right after not writing it down. But in general, I just feel like, hey, write it down. That's tremendous confidence. Yeah. If everything comes right, not you're skeptical. You're like, okay, what are they? But it does right. add an element of anxiety to your meal that you didn't ask for. Right. Because now you're one. wondering. Now you're playing a game. This is like Russian roulette with my or meal. If, or when the waiter or waitress takes too much possession over what the restaurant has by saying, mm. I've got a, I've got a flambéed yes. salmon. I've got a, you've got or, it. Or it's what are we, what are we, we having, having tonight? <laughs> Sit down. Turn you're the not chair. having shit. Turn the chair. You're around. not eating anything. Yeah. I actually think the way treat people treat uh, servers gives you a great indication of who that person is. Yes. People are nice to wait staffs and w- nice to hotel people and just nice to people who work in service jobs. I will be friends with that person. 
if you know they go out of their go out of their way to be polite mm-hmm. and thankful and gracious to people who are serving them i'm always like those people who aren't nice i'm like we can't be friends and i find that to be one of the most uncomfortable situations in the world is when you're out with someone who's being rude to oh, a server and i want to die terrible worst you're like you just want to crawl up and yeah. be like that's not me right that you want to let them know me. like yeah not me i'm sorry then you over overcompensate with nice. yeah my wife is like has too much empathy like she was talking to a guy a cab driver that we had and like she started to adopt that person's accent because <laughs> she was feeling bad so she was like uh you know and she starts talking i'm like looking at her like what are you doing she's like eh. and then at one point she was like how you say i was like how you say you know how it's said you know how, you, how say. you say you know how to say that's it that's so funny <laughs> Abe, okay, this is the last one. Abe Lopez says, feel unusually pressured when picking veggies at Subway, often forgetting their names, once said big jalapeno for a bell pepper. That's funny. That's never happened to me, though. No, no that's, that might just be him. This is just you. This is this Abe. is a guy, Abe, trying to make it seem like there's a universal thing. That well, he's just do. asking. I bet there's someone else who's had this experience. You know, there, are, there is a tiny bit of pressure when there's a line forming yes. behind you. And you are weirdly on stage with your order as you're, and you know, you're engaging with the sandwich. Artist. And the person you're talking, yeah, you're talking to an artist. So you literally, <laughs> there is that moment where you're like, conversations I'm, with an artist. I am interfacing with a, with a true artist. Right. <laughs> um, Sklar Brothers, it was so nice having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, you. Thank you so much. Joy. What a treat. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. Okay, and um, let them know where to find you and your shows and plug everything that you'd like to plug. We are at uh, Sklar Brothers. Brothers spelled out completely. We're on Instagram, we're, which we do. We're on Facebook and on Twitter. Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter because that's where we usually disseminate what we're specifically doing. Our website, supersklars.com. You come see us live. Uh, please listen to our podcast. We we are looking to expand our audience to to more people. And, and I, I think, think we're going to... I think your audience in particular would love our podcast. Especially our Tuesday podcast out. that we do with Dan Van Kirk, mm-hmm. who is someone you should have on this show who yes. is fantastic. He We do a show called... It's at now it's called Scarborough County, although I think we are going because we do crazy the craziest stories that happen to people in and we improvise and break them down new stories. It's really fun. It's and, where know. I think we're going to call it criminal mischief SVK. Oh, I love so, that. So <laughs> uh, it just that is I think we're going to relaunch that kind of after L.A. Podfest or announce it at L.A. Podfest, even though I just announced it on this thing. But we don't know yet. We new don't know. Breaking, potential breaking potential news breaking here. News. Potential new scoop. New so uh, so maybe so we might. But I believe that your fans would truly love that Tuesday podcast that drops. And then, you know, the, you've been on the podcast mm-hmm. before. You're fantastic on it. Oh, thank you. You know, and, and, and we do Clever Country again, which is sports and comedy, but you don't have to be a sports fan to like it. Actually, is your way in, is your way to understand like the Lochte situation. And in many cases, we break it down and make fun of sports in a way that non-sports fans love because they're like, oh, good. Someone's finally stepping up and saying this, <laughs> right sticking now. it to these people. And that's kind of the fun of it. So that drops on Fridays. Uh, if you want to see us live, we're going to be in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on September 22nd at a place called Brewski's. Never been. Uh, the 23rd, we're at, in Mobile, Alabama at the Merry Widow Theater. And the 24th, we're at the Joy Theater in um, New Orleans. New Orleans. And then the 25th, we're back here for LA Podfest on the, uh, at 4 p.m. And in Denver, and uh, just check our website, supersclars.com, and we're about to actually change that and update that. So all good stuff. Nice. Well, thank you again for doing thank the show. You. Thank Listeners, you. thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 
Rosie is your new best friend.